since you joined me today, I know you need my mini course, Four Steps to Get Out of Your Own Damn Way, the essential guide for women on a big-ass mission. It provides the no-nonsense basics that allow you to remove the obstacles keeping you from reaching your entrepreneurial greatness. I'm giving this to you now, no strings attached. Just go to creelan.com and click the button to get your copy. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N.com. Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast, hosted by Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer of Creelan.com. Listen in as Creelan interviews powerful people who have tamed their fears, embraced their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. I'm your host, Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer. And today, I welcome Nancy Vito to the show. Before I bring her on, I just want to tell you a little bit more about her. Nancy empowers creatives and aspiring entrepreneurs to design a life that truly lights them up. In 2009, she founded Flourish, where she has inspired free spirits who feel stuck, perhaps in a soul-crushing job, or burned out to take steps towards what they truly want. With an interest in mindset, mindfulness, and motivation, she is grateful that her background in public health and mental health led her to this path. In her spare time, you can find Nancy hanging with friends at a local restaurant, supporting her local coffee shop, or wandering around her favorite city, which just happens to be the Big Apple, New York. So (laughs) welcome, Nancy, to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Greeland. Yes, I'm so excited. We were talking, we do a lot of talking around here. I talk, you know, I talk during the podcast, I talk before the podcast, and I talk after the podcast. So I love to talk, and um, I also love to tell my audience a little bit. So, like, we were just talking pre-show a little bit about um, our respective backgrounds in mental health. So I'm like, oh, I can't wait to talk to Nancy. (laughs) (laughs) We are a different kind of breed coming from the mental health sector into um, a the, the coaching world and, and all of that, so it's it's going to be so fascinating. I'm I'm sure it's going to be awesome. So I can't wait. Um, yes, looking anyway. forward for sure. <laughs> yes, yes. So Nancy, now now that we know a little sliver about you, how about you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you learned to get out of your own damn way? Yeah. So as as we talked about, I used to work in mental health, public health, kind of in the social services sector, and there was a point where I just wasn't feeling like myself, and I was feeling a little bit kind of out of alignment. There was a period of time where I was actually constantly sick, um, like just mm. my body was just trying to tell me something, and um, I mean, I just, you know, every time I turned around, it was something else in terms of just getting sick. I think just my immune system was shot, right? Yeah. And I got to a point um, where I realized that, uh, first of all, I was causing a lot of my own stress and overwhelm because I didn't have the tools and techniques at that point. And I also started looking into more and more this whole study of human flourishing, which is basically um, – the study of happiness and well-being, which is why my business is called Flourish. And at the time, I worked at a university, and I had an opportunity to see this one particular professor speak on the topic. And I ended up seeing him speak a few times. 
And I was just like sitting straight up in my chair every time, totally engaged. Um, like this mm. is what I need. This is what I want to do. So, um, basically, uh, you know, just learning more and more about the tools and techniques, um, in terms of reducing my own stress and overwhelm, um, to where I could, this was back in like 2004, <laughs> where I could, um, get myself in a better place. Um, which ultimately I ended up leaving the positions. Um, there was a few of them actually. It's interesting that, you know, <laughs> things show up, um, continue to show up until we learn our lesson. Um, yeah. so there was actually a few where I felt a bit out of alignment and, um, the ones I actually left what I was doing and got myself in a really good place. That's when I started to help other people do the same thing. So it really, you know, and I continue to get out of my own way. I think it's a, the process just like anybody so it absolutely is i'm curious to know which uh, professor it was that you heard geek so many times yeah so he's actually a sociologist and his name is Corey keys and uh yeah he studies uh, the whole concept of human flourishing which basically uh, he really delves into what makes somebody flourish in life versus okay. uh versus languish. So I found it super fascinating, still do. <laughs> it is yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So really interesting work. And um he has a lot of more kind of academic stuff out there as far as I know versus um you the know in terms of papers dreams. and yeah. publications. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I was curious about that because there has been, like, there's so much out there with the positive psychology movement and, yes. um, you know, and to use terms from our world, you know, our, our former worlds, um, like the solution-focused therapies and yeah. um, mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting <laughs> to see how, like, there is there is a way to do what we want, um, and I, one of the things that really struck me, and this, I love having people on the show who, like me, have been in some really great jobs or careers, but they yes. still, still felt out of alignment. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I know you talked about the soul-crushing job, but there's also those of us <laughs> who love our jobs and we, we get meaning from it. We're helping people. We're serving our greater purpose. But there's other things that just aren't aligned, and it's I think yes. it's an under-talked-about phenomenon that's happening right now because, I, you know, I know a lot of people who, you know, love certain aspects of their job, but the soul-crushing part comes from, you know, paperwork or the rules yes. and, and the regulations <laughs> that keep clients from getting the help that they really need. Like, that's what mm-hmm. I find. Like, that's why I walked away from my private practice because I'm like, I'm just a therapy factory. Like, what's going on right. here, you know? It wasn't Absolutely. the liberating experience that I had wanted it to be. So, um, yeah, it's like there's, yes. there's that thing. So I love that you're talking about it. It needs to be talked about. It's true. It's true. Yeah, it's interesting. So I do help a lot of people who um, who are burnt out in their jobs. That's one reason why um, people initially seek help is either they want to get unstuck somehow, gain clarity on their next steps, um, or they're burnt out in their jobs, or all of the above, right? And mm-hmm. um, sometimes it is one of those jobs that um, it looks really good on paper. You know, they can check uh-huh. off all the check boxes, <laughs> right? And their family tells them, oh, you have such a good job, though. Why would you leave? And, you know, that sort of thing. 
And um, and you're right. There are people who find meaning and purpose and fulfillment in certain parts of their job, and they like the idea of helping a certain population, and they like the the client contact, for example. And then there's the <laughs> and there's the paper mint, paperwork and the documentation yeah. and the insurance and the all of that that um, yeah that I've found, especially in um, with healthcare and social services with the folks that I've helped. You know, I often hear that, you know, they're up till 10 p.m. or later at night just doing that part, and they end up getting super burned out. So so it is an interesting – I know it's a, such a specific industry, but it is quite interesting to see to see what's going on. So It is. Because, I mean, it's a lesson for all of us is we can still love what we do and still burn out from it. And I've, I've felt yes. that as an entrepreneur – especially in the beginning where you're just like, oh, my gosh, I have to do all of this stuff. And, you know, still sometimes I feel like that. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, I'm not – I don't want to create a business or the next program or the next level in my business to be one of overwhelmed, frustration. Like, I don't want that. Like, that's – I have to be really clear about that. In fact, I just did, like, a total pivot in my business model because I was like, oh, my God, we're heading for some disaster. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I don't want to set right. things up this way. And it's, it's important to listen to that, even, like, whether you yeah. are self-employed or whether you work um, in a in a job. You know, it's, it's important to listen to those cues and be able to recognize because burnout happens regardless if you're doing something you love or not. It, it can happen. Yes, I agree. I agree completely. And it's interesting that you – you um, are saying this as well because what I've heard recently from folks is that they tell me, I wish I knew ahead of time what some of the red flags were because sometimes, you know, we can be so in the middle of it and it's truly, it's all about prevention, right? Um, but yeah. sometimes we're so in the middle of it and we just are almost on autopilot where we'll, you know, we'll be working so late and just putting in so many hours and just going from one thing to the next and until we make that conscious effort to pull back, to focus on self-care, to really look at our schedules, create some boundaries, um, uh-huh. then, you know, we could be headed towards burnout pretty quickly. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting until you actually recognize it and reflect, maybe do some reflection and kind of see because it can, it can turn around pretty fast from what I've seen. <laughs> It does. It's in a blink of an eye. And it's interesting yeah. that you said that, too, because when I teach about self-care strategies, I talk because I come from the mental health world and I still have my some of my language is still there, is I mm-hmm. talk about the prevention versus the intervention aspect of it. And one yes. of the commercials that I love back in the 70s, I'm totally dating myself here, is the <laughs> Tell Don Take Me Away commercial. Oh, you know, yes. I <laughs> so um, I have, like, this whole self-care model that I call beyond bubble baths and massages because, you mm-hmm. know, we really need to look at it from that prevention standpoint because by the time you need a massage, and I get massages every two weeks, that's part of my prevention strategy, but by the time you mm-hmm. feel like you need a massage, it's like you should have already had one. <laughs> you know? Right. It's true. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. We, it sounds like we have uh, a similar message in that for me, it's about preventing stress and reducing mm-hmm. stress versus always coping and managing. Yeah. So, so yes, we can learn the deep breathing exercises and the 
chair yoga at our desk and things like that, which absolutely help. And then it's also, to me, looking at the bigger picture of what can we do uh-huh. in order to reduce our overall stress in, you know, in the long run. And it seems, you know, when you're in it, you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, right, you can, you can reduce stress, you can prevent stress. And the thing is, <laughs> I'm going to let you define it because I know how I define it, but define stress mm. for us, Nancy. Yes, well, <laughs> there is a classic uh, definition that I always refer to where our perceived demands are greater than our perceived resources. Uh-huh. So meaning we have all of these things going on, and of course a lot of it's in our head, but some of them are very real, right? But we tend uh-huh. to to make up stories about them also, which, which make them worse sometimes. Um, but we have these things that need to get done. We have to feel all this pressure for all of these things on our plates, and we feel that we don't have enough. We don't have the resources. We don't have the strength. We don't have the bandwidth to deal with mm-hmm. what's on our place, with what's coming next. So it's, uh, you know, a lot of it is fear. It, you know, a lot of it boils down to fear. Like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to, you know, I don't know if it's going to work mm-hmm. out. I don't know if I can do this. So, yeah. Absolutely. And there's also um, what I teach in addition to that is the whole idea that, you know, we do have control over our reaction. Like, stress isn't an yes. actual thing. <laughs> don't go into your doctor's office and say, I have stress. Like, they don't diagnose, well, that's a whole other conversation about. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, we could talk a lot about that one, too. <laughs> yeah, we could. Oh, my God. But, um, but people don't, like, they don't realize that their aches and their pains and the illness um, are part of their their coping strategy. You know, that, yeah. that correlation between how we deal with our stress, how we, and, and like you said, like, your whole burnout mode and that affects so many systems in our body, um, oh, and absolutely. to the point where you know we get we get physical symptoms. And it, I mean, there's so much research out there on that, and I experienced that yeah. as well. That's um, around the time that I walked away from one of my jobs. I've had to learn the lesson multiple times myself, um, but mm-hmm. I walked away. And for the next six months, I was in medical offices and laboratories getting tests because I was so sick. Um, yes. And then mm-hmm. being away from that job, I was able to have some space, and all of a sudden, my symptoms just started going away. I'm like, huh, isn't that interesting? <laughs> it is. It's so amazing how it all ties in together. You're absolutely yeah. right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I think there's uh, – and it's it's good that you realized it, <laughs> first of all. I mean, because, yeah, sometimes it, it gets to that point and then we're like, oh, right, you know, <laughs> something's not right. Um, one thing I was thinking, too, is that uh, while we can prevent a lot of our stress, I'm not sure that there's a thing necessarily of being 100% stress-free. Because I think mm-hmm. that's where sometimes people get caught up is that, like, we should, never, we should never be stressed at all or we shouldn't ever feel fear or we shouldn't ever – and I don't think that's necessarily true. And there's, um, you know, something also called eustress. Have you heard that term? E-U-S-T-R? Yes, yeah, which is basically like good stress. So if there's something good coming up or like a wedding or you're having a baby or, you know, something that you also might be super excited about also might be stressful. So um, I think the difference with that one is that it usually goes away. 
you know, it usually goes away after the event or after the whatever it is that right. we're, you know, that and we're And I've even out seen about. research out there that suggests that some of the used drugs can be more taxing on our bodies in some ways than oh, the distress side of mm. it. And that's where people don't see. Like, I remember when I was getting my bachelor's degree, and I won't even tell you when because I'll date myself even <laughs> further, but many, many years ago, um, I remember my very first psychology class. Um, and we took a little um, survey, and I forget what it's called, but it's still very widely used where it's like you um, keep track of all the life events you've had in the last year, and each one of them has a certain amount of points. So yep. every once in a while, I'll take that out again, and I'll take it. And I'll tell you, I like even though a lot of good stuff happens in my life, I'm like, I am pretty high on that damn scale every single time I mm-hmm. take it. And if mm-hmm. I hadn't learned to manage my stress and to, you know, some of the preventative strategies, I would be, you know, like dead. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, it's so true. Yes, I'm I'm with you. I'm grateful for the tools and techniques, too, because I didn't always have them. Um, Uh You're right, though. I guess, too, when there's such a high level of stress, um, especially chronic stress at such a high level, that's when it can really Uh take a toll as well so yeah it's super interesting it absolutely does but I I totally agree with you that there's there's no getting rid of it 100% because we have we do have control over how we perceive it and how we cope um, and how we react to it but we don't have control over the things that are happening around us you know we don't have control when someone fires up or someone crashes into our car or you know, a loved one dies. Like, those are things that we don't have direct control over. We have control over how we react. And it is normal to feel um, stressed or overwhelmed or fearful or anxious or depressed in certain circumstances. And that's one, like, if I can throw anything from my background as a therapist to everyone, it's like, <laughs> feelings are good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not yes. the devil. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it is true. It is very true. I agree completely. Yeah, so it's it's important. I love the work that you're doing because it is so needed out there that that people need to understand. Like, you don't have to work yourself to the ground and become burned out before you do something about it. It's true. It's true. And it's, a, it's an ongoing process, like I said, because even if, let's say, if you um, – you know, come up with coping strategies and come up with kind of a self-care plan um, while you're in a burned out, a job that you're burnt out from, there's still steps to take in terms of there's always growth. You know, there's always, there's mm-hmm. always going to be situations that come up. So it's really to me um, about continuing to kind of check in with yourself and, and continue to get out of your comfort zone to grow, continue to address the underlying fears of, can, you know, when you are stepping forward and doing some reflection, because if there's, you know, if it is, for example, a job that's making you physically ill <laughs> and your situation uh-huh. is making you physically ill, you know, it does take a lot of courage to make a move. So it's, you know, it's an ongoing process. It absolutely is. Yeah. Like I, and sometimes I would, um, um, say this to people that I have in my tribe who help me with my own healing. Um, 
<laughs> because, I mean, this is a human thing that we have. Like, I, I would say, I already dealt with that. Why does it keep coming up? <laughs> You're right. Why do right. I have to keep dealing with <laughs> my mother issues? Or why do I have to keep dealing with the men issues, the trust issues I have with men? Like, why? Like, I, I feel right. like it comes so far, and then there's another layer that comes up. <laughs> right. So, there it is again. Right. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Well, and I think that with with any growth, um, uh, you know, and our our subconscious wants us to kind of stay where we are in a, in a way. Kind of set ego, you know, saying, "Well, wait, mm-hmm. no, but you, you, it's going to be scary if you make any kind of move, and if you make it." So it's really about recognizing it. it sounds like you've done an amazing job of <laughs> recognizing when things keep coming up. Like, wait, I thought I dealt with that already. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And it, and it is, you know, it, it always comes at a deeper level, but I mean, I do get yeah. in my shit about it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm honest. Everyone knows, like in my tribe, they know I'm, I keep it real. Like I go through right. stuff and, you know, and some days they're better than others, but You know, what I say, too, is that we're all on a journey and that some of us are ahead on the path and some of us are behind on the path. And so, like, the whole goal is to um, get help from people ahead of you and to help the people behind you. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what I'm all about. Um, And the thing is that I could be behind you today and ahead of you tomorrow. So that's kind of all that I do. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Yeah. So tell me more about the human flourishing because I I love this concept <laughs> of like getting really in touch with um the techniques of happiness, like really tapping into the positive side of things mm-hmm. rather than focused on because you know coming from the mental health field like it's the medical model oh it's what's wrong you know let's focus on the problem yeah. but I love the idea and that's part of why I transition into coaching is that I get to focus now mm-hmm. on what's working well. Let's do more of that. <laughs> yeah. So something more. Yes. More. That's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what I do, what I do as well. And, and you had a good point earlier in that it's also not about not feeling your feelings because sometimes mm-hmm. when people hear, um, you know, po- even just the term positive psychology, they think, oh, that means we have to be positive all the time. And it's not right. even about that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. but basically, a lot of it is about reframing, right? Of course, recognizing when things come up, reframing, challenging your fears and those underlying assumptions, <laughs> which is really more uh, like a cognitive behavioral technique, but also weaving in things like gratitude. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, Think about what are three things that went well that day because sometimes we can be so in our heads about what we feel didn't go well or we feel, Uh um, you know, what we didn't do and we didn't get done and that sort of thing. And we can, you know, that's when we ruminate and we can quickly spiral. Um, So really even something as simple as that is thinking about three things that went well that day to kind of retrain your brain and then, of course, weaving in uh, things like, Gratitude, even a simple gratitude list every day, um, or at least several times a week to think about what you're truly grateful for in your life. And, um, you know, the smaller things, it's, it's good to put in those smaller things so that there's a variety so that it doesn't, so, you know, become so, you know, rote and say, oh, it's my family, my health, my, you know, and then it becomes kind of just yes. like on autopilot. <laughs> right. So, right. um, 
So yeah, and it's about creating goals and like (laughs) right, right. But it's also about creating goals and having meaning and fulfillment in your life because sometimes we can just go through the motions and forget about what brings us joy. So it's also about recognizing what lights us up, what's meaningful to us. You know, it's not just about the rat race of going from one goal to another. It's about mm-hmm. creating some sort of meaning. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. I love it. Yes. Yes. Nice. I say yes. Let's do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Cause I, and I, I have that same experience, too, um, with that perception of positive psychology. Like, I, I yes. teach how to build affirmations, like, very specific, um, unique affirmations. Like, I have a process mm-hmm. for that. And, um and that, and I did that because that helped me tremendously. And I also talk about the crap. Like you cannot, um, yes. you cannot work in just one realm of it. And that's what I try and tell people. And you, you would totally understand this too. And I, um, one of the examples I give is when I work with a suicidal client, um, mm-hmm. or actually a cutter. No, we'll do a cutter. I know these are really mm-hmm. uplifting stories. Um, but. <laughs> But, like, with cutting, it's a coping skill. Like, you know, those of us yeah. who understand cutting versus suicidality, that cutting mm-hmm. it typically is not a suicidal type of behavior. It's more of a coping skill. And mm-hmm. so when we tell people to stop cutting, we're taking away their coping skill. So in order to have them stop cutting, we really need to teach them new coping skills. And yes. so I use that because it's a very, very visceral um, kind of um, experience that people most people have been touched at one point by someone who does this, unfortunately. That's yeah. just the reality of things today. But, mm-hmm. you know, if we can take that lesson and move it over into the the type of work that we do now, it's mm-hmm. really like I feel like my job is really planting the seeds and teaching people as many coping skills out there that I know work. I mean, there are, there's a yes. research-based interventions that work for people and and mm-hmm. you're talking you're preaching it i mean i just heard <laughs> a live stream with deepak Chopra the other day like talking about gratitude and you know like mm. it's that is such a tremendously powerful practice and and mm-hmm. i agree i take it one step further because it is you know we say oh well if you can't think of anything you can say oh i'm grateful for being alive i'm grateful for being here i'm grateful for my kids um mm-hmm. but that's not going to fly on, you know, day 30. Like, you've got to dig a little deeper and yeah. really look for um, one of the things that I have been able to do, um, I'm so, and I'm grateful for this, haha, is that mm-hmm. I am able to see even when I'm going through a really rough time, I automatically mm-hmm. now start to look for the good in it and what yes. I'm going to learn from it and how it's going to help me in the long run. And so... Um, and, and that took a long time because when mm-hmm. you're going through it, you're just like, oh my God, why is this happening? But right? it's, yeah, it's so important to be able to bring that gratitude in quickly. Um, and yeah. the reason, the only reason I'm able to do that now is because I have that as a practice. Like, and that's what I tell people too is don't start practicing a new skill when you're in the middle of a stress response. Like, don't do it. Yes. You're never gonna, it's never going to work. <laughs> I agree completely. Yes, I agree completely. And I love what you said, too. It's, it's you know, looking at the bigger picture and then, yeah, now you – it's like hindsight, right? <laughs> hindsight 2020. Now you can see, oh, right, I'm super grateful um, because back – 
when I was going through X, Y, and Z, oh, right, it's because I needed to learn something, you know. Right. But you're, you're right, though. It, um, if you can get to a point where you are even in the middle of it and then say, okay, thank you for this. <laughs> thank you for this opportunity because I know <laughs> I need to work on my patience or my whatever it is. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you know, and even – even the little things, um, you know, as you're going through gratitude exercises, the little things that come up throughout the day, um, of course, being able to reframe and look at the bigger picture, and then also remembering those little things I find helpful, like, oh, I got to play with that cute puppy in the park, and I you uh-huh. know, got a compliment from so-and-so, or, you know, it's those little things that sometimes make a difference to also remember and to be grateful for as well, so... They do, and I find, like, um, the little things are the big things in a lot of yes. cases because <laughs> we take so many things for granted that, like, I'm just, as you were talking about that, I was remembering um, I was shooting a promotional video um, for my new mini course a few weeks ago, and my son was the videographer, so we went across the street to this really nice park, and it has water, and we had a blast. I mean, it was so mm. much fun. And I was so grateful for that. And I'm like, it's time to go for ice cream. And I'm like, I'm so grateful that in the middle of a work day, I can just take my son out for ice cream. You know? <laughs> it's nice. So fun. <laughs> Absolutely. And not take it for granted. <laughs> right. And it was a big, like, it, like we were the only ones in the ice cream shop because everyone else was Aww. at school or working. You know, my son's a college student. So. He didn't have class, and um, it was just so nice. Like we had the whole place to ourselves, and and um, and just and that seems like a little thing, but I I remember because mm-hmm. that's like part of my memory, uh, you know, memory building with my son of like really great moments that that we shared together. So, um, those little things we've got, you know, they we got it. We got to put those in as, with as much stock as the bigger things too. I think. I agree completely. And really, I mean, talking about little things, it's even when we're trying to accomplish something, we can't forget about those little steps that we've made because sometimes we can get so discouraged Yeah, Yeah, about those little things, but it's also about celebrating those victories along the way because those little things is what really adds up to the big results. So whether it's recognizing what we're grateful for on a day-to-day basis or recognizing the little, you know, little daily choices and steps that we've taken in our own lives. And, you know, they they really do add up. They do. And thank you for that reminder. It seems like everyone I'm talking to lately is reminding me of things. Um, and it's great because I am one of those people who I have very high expectations of myself and I have a very mm-hmm. long to-do list. And I could get five things done. Um, but I wanted to get 10. So then it's, it's kind of that minimizing, maximizing trick that we play with ourselves where we're going to, you know, totally blow out of proportion um, the mm. thing that we don't like and totally minimize the thing that was really good. So Exactly. <laughs> it's like, how, why can't I just celebrate the five things that I got done instead of things that I didn't get these other five done, you know? And it's, it's really important to to – do those celebrations, I call them, is, is to have celebrations for accomplishments, too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I love it. I, if you can believe it, we are, like, out of time. I mean, it goes so fast. 
It's I can talk really all fun. day about this stuff. Um, me but, too. I can too. <laughs> I know. Me too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but before we go, Nancy, I want to make sure that people have an opportunity to get in touch with you if they'd like to learn more about the wonderful work you're doing. So please share how they can do that. Yes. So my website is the best way to find me, and that's just my name, nancyvito.com, and it's Nancy with an I-E and then V-I-T-O. And, um, yeah, and I have a couple of freebies on there. I've got a uh, a worksheet on um, remembering your passions and in order to rediscover your purpose and or living with purpose. And then I also have a, a burnout quiz because I'm going to be having a course come up um, that will help people who are burnt out in their job. So kind of taking through a month-long Again, little bite-sized, little little baby steps that they can take. Yeah, so my website's the best way. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. And thank you all for listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for more episodes where people share their stories of how they have learned to get out of their own damn way. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast with Creelan Peters, the Fear Whisperer. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and leave a review on iTunes. You can also find us at creelan.com slash podcast. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash podcast. And get even more great tips on how to get out of your own damn way by taking Creelan's free quiz at creelan.com slash quiz. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash quiz. Thanks for tuning in.